0: Everybody. Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. I am your host, Jerrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. Uh, And be sure to follow the podcast as well on Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast uh, so you can get updated on the episodes coming out. And then also uh, being the new year for 2021, uh, thanks for sticking around with us. Uh, I'm planning just to do some uh, additional new things for the Instagram as far as uh, show short clips of videos of uh, different artists playing music and whatnot that I just have an affinity for. A uh, song of the day for each day as well on the Instagram. So just some new additions. So feel free to follow me on Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast. And then the website is getting a comb So right now it's out of maintenance. But if you wanted to leave me a message at all. You can do that a couple ways. You can go to the 440 podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to. So feel free to do that. If you have questions or if you go to anchor.fm forward slash 440, you can actually leave me a voice message. Feel free to do that. That's how I spoke to Neil Santos from the the, uh, Pentatonic Way. Uh, I had the conversation with him and I I got to know him through a voice message that he sent over. So uh, feel free to do that if you would like to do so. Uh, So I'm excited because I'm speaking with a really awesome uh, musician, guitar player. Uh, He is an American blues guitarist, jazz singer, and composer. Uh, They say that his style of music ranges from jazz, blues, classical, gospel, R&B, funk, Afro-Cuban, and uh, classic rock. Uh, he's been a playing uh, blues. He's been playing or playing blues uh, since the age of thirteen. Uh, he, he also uh, teaches uh, music as well, uh, music theory and guitar. And just uh, last year, he released his album titled, titled "Harlem." Uh, the Four Forty Guitar Podcast is excited to have King Solomon Hicks uh, with us. King Solomon, how are you?
1: Oh man, thanks so much for having me, and excited to be here, and to talk. Well, also with another fellow guitar player, and to talk about all things music
0: oh of course of course man of course yeah it's definitely uh absolutely my pleasure uh how have you been during the first uh first uh you know week and a few days uh into the new year how, how have you been
1: you know i would say compared to what the world's been going through and all the negative stuff the fact that i'm still above ground and my folks are doing okay and my friends i feel very blessed there was a lot of musicians uh in harlem and I knew in New York they were affected by the virus and um, some ended up passing. And it, it was, uh, I make the joke, I say, back in March, I remember practicing and thinking, man, maybe I should learn to grow some potatoes or uh, learn how to ride a horse. Right, or some extra you know. skills. <laughs> yeah, some ex- extra skills. But, you know, before I you know, the country's been moving in a good direction and oh, it's going slow, but it's going all right. Um, it was kind of crazy. I, I released the album on uh, the mascot label group. And um, in March thirteenth and I had just we played at the Iridium one in New York, and uh then I got a chance to open up for Robert Cray like oh, March wow eight they say not the last show that I played, but the last show that I got a chance to see what was great, but then right after that uh we we flew to Spain, and I was off on a European tour, and I remember going to the airports and like it filled with international students and everything and uh it's quite quite scary, but we made it back just in time. I was supposed to go to France. In uh, Switzerland, and uh, play all these cool places and meet all these cool folks. But I'm um, I'm glad to make it back and just staying positive. You know, with the time off, uh, making just there's a lot of albums that I haven't got a chance to listen to, that I'm got a chance to enjoy. Um, one, one guitar player that uh, I listened to a lot, uh, he passed in 2020, Lucky Peterson. Oh, wow. uh, Got a chance to go through his whole discography and just uh, it, it was uh, just enjoyable for me because most times when you're on the road you know you're focusing on your own music you're you're just going from a to b right Uh, but now with the time really get a chance to get into my own artistry and practice and i just admire all the other blues colleagues like i love to listen to a lot of walter trout uh bobby rush uh man uh, selwyn birchwood uh, out of florida just put out a new album uh living in a burden house which uh hit the charts you know just I get 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 to hear some of my friends, but stay- staying positive um I have some things that were moved to two thousand twenty one uh supposed to go back to Holland and open up for John Fogarty and um peter frampton and also it was, it was like uh Southern avenue was on the festival the Daniel nicole band was i you know it's a, a lot of but uh everybody's just you know, in the waiting this this uh virus hit everybody, and um it's for all the negative stuff it's cool to see people come together and be positive for seeing all the live streaming and stuff. Uh, like there's a thing, can't stop the blues. And, uh, I think they're out of Florida, but they have different people come on, like Tommy Castro and, uh, Mr. Sip and all, uh, Kingfish. I'm, I'm I'm doing a live stream for them January 16th next week. So, you know, there's still things, uh, going on. Uh, got, got a chance to play on a few records, uh, in the studio. So I'm, uh, so some things with Joe Lewis Walker uh, doing a tribute to Dr. John and uh, that was released on a cool rec. So just try, trying to make the best, best of, you know, try to, uh, cause it's easy to get down, but that's, that's the thing. If you didn't know about the blues before everybody knows about the
2: blues now Oh man yeah yeah that yeah that's 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 funny you mentioned that yeah just because i, I feel like for the blues you know i, I know uh, i don't know maybe if maybe a few years ago maybe just for the general consensus you know a lot of people are thinking you know the blues is you know the blues is it, it, but besides it being influenced within all the music today that that is kind of gone per se but you know blues is very much alive especially now and you know I, of course those folks seeing, you know their their reasoning for the blues and you know uh rightful reasons you know for the blues uh but yeah i mean anyone can have the blues and i feel like it's you know just sh- it's a testament to how powerful that kind of music is you know so very very interesting very interesting uh,
1: i i believe it was holland wolf that said a, even a little baby in the cradle can get the blues and uh it's growing up in new york There's it, a lot of Great styles. I mean, uh, the new schools here, Juilliard and Haddon School of Music, you know, once in Marcellus and his big, you know, there's a lot of people pass through New York. Uh, but it's not a blues town per se, where even though a lot of great blues players uh, live here now, pa- Papa Chubby's, uh in New York, um, the guitar player for Shamika Copeland, uh, uh, Arthur Nielsen, you know, uh, Scott Sherrard uh, up the way. But um, it's not like the blues show per se, like, um, going down to memphis texas and chicago and it's i've been to memphis been to texas i haven't been to chicago yet but uh you know this when you break out of the city bubble you really realize how deep blues is and the story it's in, um it's definitely one of those things where uh you know that you just can't you know there's not, nothing wrong with going um Reading some books and say, "Oh yeah, I, I know my pentatonic scale. I can I can play the blues." But you know, there's a difference of you know when you hear somebody like really uh, have, have lived life and not just you know. Not saying even for me as an example, where like after you know, 25 years, you know, even though I feel like I can play and have fun playing music, I'm. It's a a life long thing. It's something that uh you live and grow with. I find and you really have to stick with it, and it's the True stories. There's a lot of things even like with love and you know with past girlfriends and things. I remember when I was younger, you know, it was, it'd be a lot more chill. But when I when I hear those songs like uh, um, "Have You Ever Loved a Woman," you know, you hear um, either Eric Clapton singing it or uh, Freddie King, right, or, you know, or or whoever, uh, you you can really dig into the motion when you get to a certain age. So you know, I appreciate those guys like uh, you know, the Buddy Guys, the Bobby Rushes. Um, uh, the, the, the Walter Trout, uh, the Ronnie Earls those, those type of people who that um, Je- Jeff Beck's clapping who are still alive and they they still practice and um it's a it's a everyday thing it's you know and nothing against pop and R and B you know all those uh, any type of music it's it's a a lifelong thing but you know the blues is special and it's, uh, it's cool to see the modern day musicians who take it and you know, go different places with it
0: yeah definitely definitely so on the 440 guitar podcast we're really big on origin stories how people got to where they are today uh so without further ado uh tell me about to going way back tell me about your your earliest memories of music
1: wow my my earliest memories is professionally or like uh unprofessionally
0: uh unprofessionally
1: I got my mom started me uh, getting guitar lessons when I was six and a a funny memory that I like to tell people I remember in the very beginning kind of being frustrated and I remember stopping for two months Hmm. and I was like you know what I'm done with this uh it's too too much hand coordination I'm tired of it I like my video games whatever (laughs) and uh in my uh middle school I think maybe it was like fifth, fifth or fourth grade i don't don't remember which grade, but it's somewhere in middle school, way yeah. way before eighth. And um they were doing a play on Woody Gunther. And I remember the my musical teacher, she was she had an acoustic guitar. And there was like somewhere the he didn't he didn't work for my school, but like he just I guess he worked with the uh the play director slash music teacher. She she was really awesome. But he had he actually played electric guitar. And I just remember it always sounded like God damn, that's just so full. And it, it <laughs> he wasn't a jazz player. He he was it was just like it just felt good it wasn't like it didn't have a lot of distortion not a lot of pedals it's just, uh, i remember having a 335 i'll never forget uh, the bunny bunny ear style guitar but she she was playing one of the songs it was uh woody gun uh really f- famous um folk guitarist um and i was like hey i know those chords i, I remember it was like she was doing songs like i'm sticking to the union uh this land is your land this land is my land stuff like that and i was like hey i can play a g chord i can play a D chord, and you know, and, at first I was kind of like, you know, not, not, not being a clown. Cause like I, I could actually play those chords, you know, I kind of wanted to, and they were looking for somebody, but nobody played an instrument. So I ended up being uh, casted as Woody Gunther in my uh, middle school play. Oh, wow. And, and man, um, and I, I, guess it's uh it was the beginning of not, not just cause you know, some people they, they go into dancing, some people go into acting. Uh, others you know um are musicians it it was the start of my first playing but also uh kind of entertaining in a way and looking back at it now um how that kind of got me back into playing because i i I stopped for two months i I remember like just like being yeah no this is not my thing but i i still kind of liked it it was it wasn't um you know my, I was um, I feel very fortunate. My parents never forced me to play. Her like, oh yes, yeah, Solomon, you you got to go to this club, and do this. You got to play these songs. You, you got. Um, my dad worked three jobs, and my mom collected a lot of music. I, I like to say, uh, from Nas to Nina Simone to a uh, BB King, because she's you know, uh, in New York mom played a lot of hip hop and uh, a lot of stuff. So I've always been always really dug fat beats, you know, heavy drums, you know, and a lot of soulful stuff. Uh, Nina Simone cuz like she, she always liked uh vocals you know like Elephant's Jailed, uh Nina's um sorry, Sarah Vaughn, uh you know uh Nancy Wilson so she 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 loved you know and it was just for the cultural aspect and uh and BB and she had she knew about BB King she knew about Hendrix and she had some Santana albums but it wasn't like specifically blues it, w- it was all over um I remember I remember um, my mom telling me that Uh, she wanted my guitar teacher when I was like six or or maybe I was like eight nine by then it's like uh, hey uh, I want you to learn this Coldplay song and uh, she told me that uh, my guitar teacher was like what Coldplay well why you want to learn Coldplay but but, but my mom has a she was very eclectic in that sense where like it'll sometimes she'll be playing this house music and it'll sound like we're in a club like mom Play some jazz. Turn turn tur- 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 this mm-hmm. turn this electronic music. You know, in, in, in one sense, uh, I am really serious at uh, what what piece. But you know, in another sense, it's uh, she would just play this out stuff. And um, it was never just one thing. So yeah,
0: you no, know,
1: so that's kind of how New York is. too. I find um, where like in one place you might be hearing a salsa band, another place you might be hearing a pop runk, a pop uh, punk band or whatever. Another place you might be you go up to Harlem, you might be hearing uh, the jazz R and B band, you get the soul stuff, you go to the village. But then you hop over to Brooklyn to the Brooklyn Bowl or goes to the sugar bar or you know, there's a lot of different things. Yeah. Where um I feel like it's it's like it's like that in other places too. I haven't really in New Orleans it has a great uh, music sense like that. But just to be in that many different pockets it, it's exposed me to different things. But every everything uh Yeah. blue blues Blues related was always. Uh, I, I just like music that moved me, that had soul, and uh, it, it makes me makes me feel something. And that's kind of what, what we're all looking for, I guess. With uh, playing anything with uh, vibrations, but yeah, that's the, that's my, my earliest memory. Wanting to quit at two months, and then getting pulled right back into guitar. Well, you know what? It could. You know, everybody says you know. Uh, you get into the music for the woman. You know that? You know I say no, no, that's that's wrong. You have to be true to your instrument. You have to be in it because you love it. But um, and, you know, I don't think playing the guitar I didn't do anything for me back then. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> you know, to be to be honest, it's like they say, it's like, oh yeah, you. I I remember thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna be the man. I got this part. Nah, all the girls like nah. Solid they ain't got it. <laughs> those
2: are the those are the drummers, not the guitarists. They fooled you. <laughs>
1: oh, oh yeah, it's the, it's the drummers, man. The drummers. The, the drummers, the, the bassist. <laughs> well, because the bassist ain't got to talk to nobody. He's on the side, you know, chilling. But, but yeah, man. I, I, and I but the play just you know that that kind of was like the start. And then at, at thirteen or so, my mom started taking me around to the different jam sessions in harlem and it, it was a lot a lot of jazz this one place i remember had a little electric fender amp can i didn't have to plug into it was this electric and the song i played all along the watchtower george benson's on broadway and uh but that that was it and the piano player was like man don't play none of that rock and roll and yeah he he cursed man i ain't gonna curse on the show because you know i want the four forty you know, to be legit, but yeah, Easy said, <laughs> sugar, honey, ice, don't, don't, don't bring that stuff in here, and he gave me Miles Davis, uh, So What, Colonious Monks, Ruby, My Dear, and um, West Montgomery's Around Midnight. You know, a lot of people covered around, you know, just gave me the guitar version. Yeah, And um, that started me with Jasmine. I, mean, I didn't get into blues. I always knew about it, I mean, there's uh, diff- different types of blues, you know, you get the swing blues, uh, and then you get like the down home blues, and then you get some rock. So just i I, I wasn't aware and that and I remember one of the first albums I brought was a Freddie King album, oh. uh Burglar. My mom gave me some money. And I remember hearing it, and I felt it, I, I I couldn't I didn't understand it at the time. I, I wasn't a. Uh, it didn't blues didn't hit me till I, I was a little bit older in my teenage years. Then I started switching over because uh not the jazz got heady, but jazz. I got to a point where I was either going to go like, I've always like more of the bluesier jazz players and felt they had some mentors, but the, the Grant Greens yeah. uh, per se. Great. Um, Great. um, it's funny I haven't listened to it in, in, in a moment, in a moment, but you know, the, the Kenny Burrells, um, I loved the West. I love, I love Joe pass and, uh, the, 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 um, um, Joe, Joe and Oscar Peterson and, and those helps. So that I was, but, uh, some, some of the, um, Boogaloo. Uh, it's funny that now it's a jam band type stuff, but one of my men, well, um, one of my mentors was this guy named Melvin Sparks, uh, who was from he was from Texas. So that's probably why I had a lot lot of blues. But um, he played. He had a great understanding of bebop, and he was one of the first guys that invited me out to his house and uh, showed me guitar, like you know, in his basement. And he said, "Saw so, I mean, one day these two five one licks are all going to make sense." And it didn't make sense at the time. Maybe seven years later, it's like it all clicked. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Also, <laughs> oh. oh, also, oh, actually, uh, you, you can break that last part out in a but oh, there, no you know, worries.
2: All, we can, yeah. <laughs> you get you're you're more than you're more than welcome to swear on the four forty. <laughs> We're having a conversation, so it's all fine.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, man. Finally, okay. yeah, well then. Yeah, it's all, all, "Oh, man, it uh, finally all clicked." But um, yeah, starting. Starting with jazz, it kind of was getting to a point where it's like, um, it, it was, I've always enjoyed it. And the theory kind of helped me under, break down music in general where, mm. you know, typically most times, you know, in blues, you know, E, A, you're playing in really like good guitar keys. But like with jazz, you know, B flat, F, you're changing keys in the middle of the song. Yeah. And that's all right, but, but it didn't make me feel anything. And kind of one of the first, when I started feeling really seeing it was when I started playing at the cotton club. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I caught like the last few, there's a f- couple of clubs in Harlem that closed down that were kind of like very famous back in the day where like miles Davis, you know, um, the Spunk where they used to Charlie Parker, they used to play, uh, the Lennox lounge was one of them. And the Lennox Lounge like used to be in like in the older Harlem movies and stuff like that. Like you can see it on, uh, up on 110th street. And, yeah. Uh, and, and in movies like that, um, also Saint Nick's Pub, where Gregory Porter that was a Grammy nominated singer, uh, where he put these are, uh, they, they say they're, hole, they're holes in the walls, but a bigger hole in the ceiling.
0: That, oh. that's, that's, that's that's
1: and, and it's the same that, um, you know, they weren't like landmarked, there's you know, a lot of great history went through them, but I caught maybe the last couple of years of that. And it was at the Lennox Lounge in the back in the zebra room, uh, the singer. Uh, they they, used, they called her Princess Billie Holiday Junior. She was singing in the back. She was like, "Hey, you got to come to the Cotton Club." And uh, the Cotton Club—it's not the original. Uh, you know, some people know, some people don't know, some people question, but it's not the original one. Uh, closed down, hmm. or, or it got burnt down, actually. And then this one opened up in the early '70s, and it's it's, it's been around since. You know, it's actually it's had a, a lot of great people. The last cool event, uh, well you know, since, since the virus, uh, Stella McCartney, uh, Paul McCartney's daughter had her fashion show inside the cotton club. And Alicia Keys came in with her three piece band, a stand up, and she popped up and did one song. She did New York oh, wow. and then she left the stage. And it was, so, you know, uh, it's in New York, people don't know, really know about the club. And, uh, it's funny. A lot of times they think that it's closed, uh, cause it had of kind of gives that appearance, but it's more famous out, out in Europe, but um, at at thirteen, you know, didn't have a driver's license. I, I knew a little bit about guitar, but like enough to hang, but not like not like a seasoned musician. You know, not somebody who's you know, at least a decade or more. Yeah. And um, and they they let me up and they and they asked me to play three songs. They already had another guitar player, uh, this guy named Ed Cherry, and he used to play for Dizzy Gillespie. Oh,
0: I mean, wow. some of these
1: guys, they, um, the um, saxophone player, he passed, but he was this alto player for Lionel Hampton. Like, no, those are the type of music. And so it was very much jazz. Again, n- no, uh, even the musicians I was around, they're like, Solomon, you got to go to Berkeley College. You got to, this is a Char- Charlie Parker Omnibook, man. You got to play these oh, lines. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: It, the Omnibook. <laughs>
1: well, it is it, it, cool. But in, and it, and it, nah, there's a part of me that still, It's uh, to be honest, I never got the Omnibook. I, I, I remember in my head, I was like, nah, man, I'm more bluesier than this, man. <laughs> but, and, and, not, not, and not to say anything mean, it's a lot of. All well, depends on what you want to spend your time studying. Where, like, right? I have where I I can listen to jazz and I, I understand where the chord changes are going, but that's that's not really where I wanted my sound to go, and I didn't want somebody else to dictate to me like, "Oh yeah, Solomon, you got to sound like." But uh, growing up, hearing how the sound um, I, of course um, I adapted that that feeling yeah, which I love. But you know, but the, the first night. The three songs I played, I played a uh, "Sad and Doll by Duke Ellington, "Don't Get Around Much Anymore." My third song was "Johnny Be Good" by Chuck Berry. But but by that time, I was already kind of getting into like the, the beginnings of more like the rock and roll blues, you know, that that type of thing. But the the feeling of a uh, playing because the club it's a it's a double decker club. It has two floors inside of it, mm-hmm. and it, it seats a lot of people, and there's uh, a lot of swing dancers. Uh, inside that come to dance and, and the feeling the first two uh duke ellington songs were cool but uh the, that feeling of playing johnny good man was um about, about it was like maybe like 13 and a half or so mm. um th- th- that that feeling was um I, I i tell people that's why i continue playing music you know, after a while over the years you learn the scales it's, just, it's just the same thing and i'm not saying that you ever get bored but um you know a theater is the theater you, you go in at a certain time you leave at a certain time yeah. you play in your set, you know, um, and then you, then you start to see how, how the, the show rolls. But I find what keeps, what, what, what keeps me going and what will keep me continuously going is when, when you play a song, you see somebody light up and, um, that feeling that they get when they want to dance and be out on the floor. Uh, that feeling will always uh, will forever keep me being a musician and, uh, yeah. and then I asked myself I remember being a kid and like in like in high school when already playing I, I did my first tour in Denmark uh, after graduating high school and I think I remember my friends partying like hey Solomon, you're not going to hang mm-hmm. out and it's like nah man I gotta play at a garden club you know uh where where uh, minton's playhouse or where Roost, wherever I'm playing, yeah and I was like yeah, like do I really wanna do this for the rest of my life? you know then you got you know your your school teachers are saying like, hey man, you know you gotta you know um apply for college and and do and do all this and uh to trying to give you direction and you just kind of of course you had enough stuff lined up where I you know um had enough connections where I could you know I was already out playing professionally, and um was keeping on but the cotton club was kind of my first um you know experience as far as like entertaining a crowd and how to keep how to talk with a big band because at at first you know the band was kind of uh, opposed to like a 13 year old kid joining the band Mm -hmm. but uh, and the owner would listen in with headphones in the mixer to see if i was playing or not but you know, be honest i was really trying to get it and i I was serious you know it was uh some 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 people they they say one person like solomon you dress dress too too good to play blues man you're not, you're not supposed to wear suits and and play the blues but it's like you know, but um well which one, I, I think is a, a ridiculous i mean you see the That's pictures very, like with john lee it's john very lee ridiculous somebody say you know if you live long enough you hear a lot of stupid you know <laughs> things. And, uh, but but you know but kind of where i what how i started you know at the cotton club the band wears tuxedos and bow ties and that was a every Five nights a week, you know, show on Mondays uh, and the, the private shows and people, uh, different schools and people flying in from like Tokyo or uh, England and, and checking out the shows. It was how I grew up. It wasn't blues, but it wasn't until maybe uh, I did those few, few uh, tour dates in Denmark and I got back and I started playing downtown at this place called Terror Blues. Now, this was kind of where my life changed in a sense of like, and at first... I don't think I appreciate it maybe not until maybe like twenty one seeing the players because like Terror Blues is a, is a specific blues club where they, they only have blues musicians. And I remember when I first started playing here, uh the tables had turned. The owner was like, Solomon, I don't want to hear none of that jazz shit. <laughs> so like where where I grew up, you know, I'm I'm used to playing lines, I'm playing smooth. A lot of um people say, Yeah, Solomon I mean, is like Bobby well, we listened to a lot of George Benson and dude, I, I I love George. Uh he got a chance to uh he played at BB Kings and all, all the who who's, you know, all, all the who's who's of guitar players in New York were backstage and uh, back there you know, waiting to talk to him. But um it was really Melvin that gave me uh, my, my jazz sound. And of course I listened to George, but yeah. then, now this owner was like, yes, um and you got and what I thought I knew about blues, and because you know, um like I was saying before, there's jazz blues and there's swings. I didn't really uh, ha- have the feeling and the grit. Um, I-, I find it's almost like uh, when I listen to like hip hop or rap, uh, some of my favorite rappers um, a- have the attitude. And that's like, in the way I look at it is like a modern day blues sense. Cause like they're really yeah. telling the story. It's not, now, not, not not to get on Will Smith that, you know, a lot, he sold millions of records with that rap, you know, uh, thing, but I'm uh, not, that, that's like the difference for me. It's like, you know, there, there's like the, the KRS ones, the Pat Poose, then you got like the Will Smith type rapping.
0: That's yeah. Like,
1: yeah, not, yeah. Not, but you know, like I said, it's so billion records. So I, I can't, you know, I'm only talking smack,
2: but, but,
1: but, but I felt that like with blues where like I was playing, you know, I could say I was playing blues, but like terror blues was the spot where I was really hearing seasoned musicians. Um, oh. I mean, not, not saying they're not like, like Hendrix or like BB King, but like mm-hmm. people like my, M- michael hill uh Clarence Spady, Saran Crenshaw um uh, you know these like for like New york he's like the guys that were really uh there's one guy there that he plays for like an hour every song is a slow blues he's like maybe like 60 years old or something that works at the post office but man when I tell you he's he'll have you all night there I mean just like listening to him yeah those those are all yeah, when I when I hear stuff like that, there there was a quote that I read. Well, there there's a lot a couple of couple quotes like um with Howlin' Wolf when he says that he didn't like his first electric album when he was switching from acoustic to electric guitar because he didn't he didn't really wasn't comfortable with the sound. Mm. Or um or um, there's well one of the quotes I was really saying is like uh the bands when bands were formed like quartet trios, it kind of really took away from what the blues is about mm. in a sense of uh. One got a chance to visit Clarksdale and there's a spot called Reds. And uh there's no no liquor, uh, there's another club called Ground Zero, which is like I guess the famous one that Morgan Freeman owns, along with like another actor. Uh, but Reds is like the like legit club in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Yeah. And there's a guy in there with only one guy playing with a harmonica. Yeah, he got the guitar, and like he's you know, padding his foot. And he's and there's just um, a, a realness uh, with, with that. Mm-hmm. That uh, when you have the production of the band, you you can get close and it's cool, but it, it it's not um that's, that's at a point when things it was becoming more of a show versus blues, mm-hmm. and um and there's still a lot that I, I find that I, I know that I have to learn, but it's it's kind of like uh, when I think of like the Robert Johnsons and, um. Going back like Willie Dixon's and uh, the John Lee Hooker's, it's like you no, know, they they were musicians, yeah, but you know they were also like there was going through like a lot of negative stuff, mm. the times and like what they had to go through. So because the world is not like that anymore, and it is in a, in a lot better place, I find you know everybody has their, has a right to copy blues, you know, and, and try to play it, but it, it will never, uh it, it won't be like that same as same uh, energy or energy or feeling like uh so seeing preachers like how if i got with the working in the fields and stuff it's like man the, the type of attitude and stuff that that you put into your playing uh, i find it it all goes into it mm. and it's like your, your whole you no know, uh, just like your whole life at least i find the, the more deeper I, I get into music and this you know it's, just, it's not like there was a school where, Know where they learn to play, so you know, being aware of that. And when I hear blues players, it really makes me uh listen and be aware. And you know that's kind of what I mean. Where uh, you don't get it all in a, in a couple of years. When my whole viewpoint of the blues when I was eighteen is different from now versus mm-hmm. ten years from now when I continue to study and hear other players and learn about. You know, for YouTube is great for just uh, re- researching all the different albums. Yeah. The Terra Blues was one of the first spots. Uh, here in here in Blues musicians and the next mentor was Junior Mack, who was uh he would do stuff sometimes with the Allman Brothers. He played with like uh Warren Haynes. Uh, uh-huh. one of the last show one of the last shows at the Beacon Theater, uh, where they had Derek Trucks, uh Warren Haynes. Uh he, he plays with Jamel and Jamel's the drummer of oh, wow, Allman yeah. Brothers. Mm. So he's in that Jamel's Jet and he made a record with him. So he plays a Terra Blues. And uh the, I mentioned his name because He would actually let me play in his band. Well, you know, I I had my own thing, and I was playing around. But sometimes, when there was two guitar players, he liked my playing because coming from a jazz background, I I knew how to accompany other people. Mm. It wasn't like I was trying to outplay him. You know, play the chords, play some rhythm, and I'm cool. But uh, playing with him and just and it it was maybe like once a month, once or twice a month. And later on, I started going on my days off just to hear him. Mm. Uh, That was really my training. For playing blues as far as a sense uh <clears throat> he, he showed me that there was different drum beats totally different grooves uh in, in fact the way on the album on harlem uh i play every day i have the blues and that song's been covered by so many people and most right. people that they'll know it by uh, joe williams or bb king and it's just it's, it's a swing version or or they'll know um you know you know uh, everybody's done it uh when I play it, I also mix it uh, with the crossroads lick. And but the reason why I don't play every day, I have the blues swing. is because when I was around junior, the way that he would play blues, he, uh, his drummer Barry Harrison, uh, he used to play with uh, Johnny Copeland, mm. and uh, it was a very famous blues player from Texas. Played with Stevie Ray Vaughan and uh, uh, a lot of different people, but. Just being around musicians that played blues is the same way with jazz. Uh, The way that jazz has a deep history, yeah. With uh, different from Chet Baker uh, to Dexter Gordon to Oscar Peterson and tons, Sonny Stitt. You know, go down the line. I find the same way blues has a deep history where it's uh most people they they get stuck at. You know, I mean I I love the Three Kings. You know, B.B. Albert, Freddie. Uh, but they get you know stuck at Clapton. and sometimes they forget to go further back, and mm. even for like the hill country blues, mm. um, out of Mississippi, like the R.L. Burnside's, that which is a whole other world. And uh, I, I find as I got older, uh, it's like um, I, I don't want to say it's like we're drinking, but if you got like a professional uh wine taster or a, a whiskey connoisseur, after you know your 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 palate begins like oh man, I. I like this, or I don't like this, or you know, and you begin to gravitate uh, towards certain things.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Wow, well, I appreciate you sharing you, you sharing all that. You you know, you, you show me there's a there's a lot of different points that uh, you be, you you conveyed as far as you know. One, you know, you, you, you say that you have a lot to learn, which I think you know I, I would I would say that everyone has a lot to learn, but you've learned so much given your your age and being able to you know, identify players locally and, and, and in other States and music and what it means to them. I think, I think that, that, that shows a lot to, you know, what kind of, what kind of person you want to be, if you really want to make it and being able to educate yourself on, you know, you gotta to listen to this guy, you gotta to listen to these players and, you know, uh, being able to, to, not only you know from a music sense, you know you're you learning the you know learning the music and and playing and everything, but really having these connections and and meeting different people and you know and now you've you know you've played you've played all over the place. Uh, have you do you, have you always had before? I wanted to talk about your your album Harlem for uh, 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 eventually, but before that, before I just wanted to say like, have you always had that? that drive as far as to you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna dig into this like i'm gonna dig into this was is it, uh, was there any type of musician that kind of like helped mentor you into that mind space or have you always been that type of motivated person
1: you know it's funny uh it's it's definitely um a, a lot of my own motivation in the mm-hmm. sense of like you know I, I have to practice but i never looked at it like and even when I was younger, and I owe it to my parents, I feel like my parents, were like, yeah, you got to go out, you got to network, you got to play. I I, I probably would have did something else, or like, you know, where um, I'm not saying everybody's, you no, know, you know, even what I have for students, I try to encourage them, it's like, you know, play when you want to. It's not like a, like a, like a, a rush thing, but um, it. But I do remember at, at a certain point, um, uh, I, I got a chance to open up for Kiss kind of like it was, um, did the kiss cruise and had all these like rock bands. Oh, wow. And I remember like being on, and it was, it, it, um, uh, what happened, Paul Stanley called my, my folks and it is business people, uh, set up, set up the whole thing where I had a trio play and, uh, they just wanted something that wasn't rock. And I, I ended up getting all the people that like blues and more of that towards, and that led to the, being on the Joe Bonamassa cruise. But I never, I never, um, that, that point was when I was like, okay, man, that now it's a, I don't practice just to practice. I gotta practice to like kill. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> it, it but you know I, I still do it. You know, like just some days I have a few days off, and then that'll just make me more like uh want to play more, want to get cause uh. But it was something I, I tell people. I just always stuck with uh. I kind of make the joke. I was that kid in high school that had the guitar on his back, and the teachers had to say, "Hey, stop playing music in the halls." You know, it's uh. I, I, I saw a cool quote that uh, Ray Charles said. He said, uh, "Music's in my blood." And uh, it's not something – and I, I remember – and every once in a while I I do checks because I, I always – I find it's, it's great when you're around musicians that don't do it professionally as a job where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they just play where you want to or, you know, I was at a point, you know, for the past couple of years where, you know, I had a gig. I say, like, I had two days off in a month where, you know, I was playing one, one place Monday, one another place Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday – and you know, I'm doing private, you know, house parties, and you know, I'm playing like downstairs, basements, and uh, penthouses, and things like that.
2: And you no, know, because
1: everybody wanted, but um, you lose the the flair of it, and you never want to lose the, the the fire, or the, and you know, I always have to do. And then uh, I mean, I, I don't know if that happens with everybody, but mm. it's kind of like you always do checks where it's like uh, you always want to have it for fun. But I I find that's what I, what I meant before. It's like when you're in a crowd and like you play somebody's favorite song and you see everybody like light up and you know get up and dance that that that's what what will keep me going. I find um some people they practice like some be- some people say oh yeah Solomon your vocals sound good, uh, you know I I said it before and I'll set it I'll said it straight on the 440 podcast for those listeners for all the viewers I'm a guitar player first. Mm. It was said here on the 440 podcast. There you go. So let, let, let them know. Mm. But um mm. you know because there are times when I'll just sit at home and it's like, oh man, I got to jam to that. And it's yeah. like, um, and it's, it's kind of cool now with, with the time off. There's a lot of friends where I didn't have time to jam before. Cause I was always like working, working, working. And you know, after a while it's like, man, I just want to sit home and relax and chill. You know, I, you know, I just got off the road in a, a nine hour drive. I, 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 the last thing I want to do is, is hang out and party. You know? So after it's, um, my, my life was, and learning how to be cool and still learn how to grow musically, mm. um, I, I, I find that it was I just stuck with it. Even now, I just I, I never stopped, and one thing led to another, and and eventually, you know, I I shifted to things that I wanted to learn, just things that felt good to me, and um, like I, I hear some players and they have, you know, have like the, a whole bunch of pedals and stomp boxes and the boards. That that's just not how um. It also, it's a big part of coming out of jazz, and um, well, jazz do you know, just plug straight in. And right. Now, not, now, nothing wrong for Fender amp tubes get the natural amp distortion. Uh, turn it up to seven or eight before, and keep the volume kind of lower, mess with the tone. But um, not, it was a, a mix of you know, um, at, putting my own energy and wanting to practice, but uh, just sticking with it. And I, I realize now it's um, it's a never ending process because very cool, I got a chance to open up for Jeff Beck and uh, Holland, Jeff Beck and Ringo Starr Uh, and we're in the room and maybe separated by thin curtains, but of course Jeff Beck has the heavy security and the metal gates around his but you know, I, I, I could everybody could hear everybody and he's practicing with a practice amp at the end of the hall and I was like, man, if he's practicing at this age man Nobody can be caught slacking. Nobody can stop, and it is cool the fact that he still has it because you know, he's played everywhere for everybody, and it's just like this stuff with Rod Stewart. I, I I still listen to today just to get inspiration. But um, it's just sort of like when you truly love something, it's not something like oh yeah, um, I've learned these songs. Uh, I'm just going to stop. Right. And also, and also like uh, yeah, if, if I take a take a day off just to clear my brain, two days off sure but then when i get back to it you know i I feel that much more you know generated to play so that's kind of what i tell you know other other guitar players and everything is because yeah it's 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 definitely for the blues it's it's what you live
0: yeah yeah that's that's great advice great advice
1: live the life i love love the life i live (laughs)
0: Tell me about your uh, your album Harlem, which I did really very much enjoy. Um, oh man, thank you. Yeah, really really great uh, great album. Tell me about your experience on, on working out, working on it, and working with uh, you know the, the artists that you had on it, and then maybe some of your uh, most notable uh, uh, records that you you know you, you uh, enjoyed playing or, or recording.
1: Oh man, well you know it was, it was a long time coming to to get the album out. It was maybe like you know, some people they just record everything in one take. We took a few months just to work out all the guitar parts to get the vocal things right, and um, it's it's cool because it's not the traditional blues album where some people where um, I'm I'm playing a lot of tribute to different guitar players that I like, but it's not the ordinary shuffles that you. Know, I really try to put my own stamp as far as like uh, how I hear things in New York, where you know most blues you think you know as a normal thing, but we have 808 something, on uh, something, some organ bass, and uh, I got a chance to work with some really uh, great musicians. Uh, the, the guys from Soul Live I have Eric Krasno. Yeah, uh, we we're, we're dueling on 421 South Main. For those who don't know, 421 South Main, uh, uh, that's the address of the Blues Museum uh, down in Memphis. Mm. I wanted to talk because uh, I got a chance to visit there, and it was so cool. Just all the books, and I got a chance to spend a few hours just reading some of them. It was it's a great experience. But that's me and Eric Krasno going back and forth. And on uh, Every Day I Have the Blues, mm. uh, that's the Evans Brothers from Soul Live. It's uh, out. Oh, wow. Neil the Evans. They're phenomenal.
0: Uh, Eric, oh, too. Man. Yeah, they're phenomenal
1: well just that that happened three of them it, it was really great and um now it's from the connection um kirkiano produced your record i've been working on the songs for a minute and he produced so live albums and he's also worked with mariah carey miles Davis, and a 30 uh he produced some public enemy things so on a hip-hop standpoint uh we can kind of get the same okay we we want this type of attitude in the blues yeah but um we, we're also able to pull in uh the drummers from george Thorogood, we have jeff simon and uh the drummer from fog Cat, roger earl which are just it, it's cool some bands they, they want to have like okay the, the bands want to be all young kids all teenagers all in their 20s like well you know that, that's cool too and, and eventually i'll find some uh friends and guys that you know really want to grow and build a team with but it's uh there's nothing like working with seasoned veterans that really know how to just play blues and rock and that's you know done it not just for like you know a short amount of time but you know it's really in their lives but um you know they they came in and helped and um but each song kind of has its own flip even you well know, we did more than you'll ever know yeah. and uh, a lot of my a lot of my friends you know they know Donny Hathaway's version a lot of a lot of the guitar player friends they know it from blood sweat and tears and uh Joe bottomtamassa and beth hart covered it they yeah, have you know the guitars are great but we took it and totally uh and that one really i I made for all the ladies and the women out there That's for for when when, when you want to go to, that's not for, I made some songs for the guys, for the bros, the rock and roll, like the guitar things, but Mm -hmm. that that, that one's for, that one's for uh, the wives out yeah. there when you want to go to St. Martin but you're quarantined so you have a martini then you, then, that, 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 that's, that's what that song, that's what that track's
2: for you, you, know, you know what's interesting really quick, uh, it, it's funny because I feel like in my in my experience listening to a lot of blue songs a lot of blue songs they have songs where it's like oh she did me wrong or she left me so it's like, it's kind of refreshing to have a song where we're like, no, I like love her <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny you say that because, man, for the longest, uh, an- another uh, going along with blues, people don't wear suits. Another stupid thing that oh, some, some people give me is like, yeah, Solomon, you smile too much to sing blues, man. And it's like, you know, some people are good at the main mugging. If, if mm. I could main mug like Gary Clark Jr., I would. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's a special swag. You yeah. know, it's like, there's only, you, you, you can't, you, you don't want to copy somebody all through and through. And um, I find, fortunately, all my life, you know, my parents are cool. You know, went, went to high school, didn't really have no bullies. I, just, I did my thing, so I didn't really have a hard life. And I still, you know, and I'm just, you know, knock on wood, you know, still still living. But I, I find I've always enjoyed people. Been you know, for the people I've been around, it's always about being happy, feeling yeah. good. Uh, dressing good, eating good, feeling those those are the types of kind of uh, what Harlem's really about, you know, like nightclubs. So, a lot of my songs. I mean, of course, there are some sad songs. You know, talk about some real. Um, there's a song that uh, I covered for the John Lee Hooker uh, Foundation. They had been having different guitar players, and uh, one of the songs is "Motor City's Burning," and it's talking about the riots in Detroit, but uh, back in the '60s. Whatever, and they started burning down stuff, and it's it's a very serious, you know. So that, that song, about smiling, but in, in, in general, when I'm not talking about serious stuff, I like to make people f- feel good. So that's kind of, it, it's funny that you do say that was a song, most like my baby left you, the I I love you, girl. Don't, don't
0: leave.
1: <laughs> Hell, I, I, I ain't trying to pull that reverse psychology. No,
2: I need you. <laughs> it's like, no, you're awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are, I'm, I'm letting you know. But that's you know, but I find it's all you got to be true, true to yourself. And that's um, there's a lot of people that are good for uh, keeping the tradition alive and you know really copying. You know, t tea for tea. Uh, I got a chance to judge down into IBC's uh, twice in uh, Memphis. You know, seeing you know, all 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 the different bands, it's um, it's cool to hear that some people are great replicators, but it's those few and far in between bands where like you hear them I and it's great it's very blues related but you can really hear who they are and it comes through and it's uh, it's hard to explain or t- but you can hear it and it is it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing so that's that's you know i find what everybody should strive for when they're playing that's kind of even like some of the uh, the songs that we covered it's not a, a tip typical blues but you know but it's, it's still guitar related uh very very heavy and it's a uh, blues influence on, on, on the root side
0: yeah yeah that's really awesome that's great um uh oh i'm sorry go ahead
1: no um no no, no was, uh, but uh, i guess well so i thought the album. it was a, a blessing and a curse you know an album coming out during the covid time it's kind of it was weird because, especially back in March, so much stuff was was going on. I had like a uh, the riot and people people saying nothing. Got the mass and people not working. Um, I kind of really didn't want to talk about my. It's like you know all that all that stuff is going on. It's like, hey, I have an album out. It's like the least important thing in the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like man, got got all this, you know, world, you know, life change life changes people people don't have jobs you know the apartments that you and this is like in uh so i i kind of kind of i, I let other people push i was kind of, kind of hesitant but also for the fact that for the people that were once things cooled down uh for the people that could listen to music and actually it was it was good for that uh it was got a 421 self main got top 20 all time like top blue blues playlist Mm. Uh, of 2020 on spotify awesome. uh, joe bonamassa sonny landreth was also and the walter trouts was also nominated so i was uh nominated with them and um a lot, lot, lot of cool write-ups and it's kind of it's a good fresh imprint of you know what, what i want what, where i want my sound and go as far as i put the 808s and i kind of want to along with you know I, kingfish is doing it when I hear a Marcus King, he's doing it. When I hear a Selwyn Birchwood, you know, Monster Mike a Welch, you know, Daniel Nicole, uh, uh, Bet, Bet Smith. I really like uh, Tash Neal. He was part of the London Souls and uh, Vintage Trouble. They they have a great way of bridging the gap with blues, where somebody in their sixties or seventies they can appreciate it, but also somebody if they're eighteen or nineteen they can appreciate it now. It's just all about making sure that the eighteen or nineteen year old can hear it because they're just all interested in the Cardi B and uh <laughs> the pop smoke, which, which which I loved, which I love too, man. I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of radio and uh, a lot of the top four and, and it's funny. Uh I'll never forget a funny I was listening to Kingfish Online. He was, was playing a, a concert, uh, YouTube and It was on YouTube, maybe like 2017 or so. And in the middle of this blue song, it was the thrill is gone. I'll never I was I was, I just, I just got up from the computer. I was doing some dishes and I heard him throw in a childish Gambino lick. Oh, man. Wow. The and I, and man, at this blues fest. And I remember I got a chance to, we did a festival in Pennsylvania and, and he was uh, headlining. And I was uh, playing on one of the smallest tastes So we got, got a chance to uh, take a picture with him and talk with him real quick. And I was like, and I told him, and I was like, man, I don't think nobody at that blues festival got it. But the moment I heard, it, I was like, "Wow,
2: that is dope!" I love you know, stuff like that. I love stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, because 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 we get it. We're, we're in that uh, you, know, genera- and, you know and you know and grant. You know, anybody can get it, but but um, the fact that you that it is possible to mix the old school and the new and, and the new school, and that is you know, and that it is appreciated on such a large spectrum. It was uh, I, I going. Uh, the practicing and being, you know, ambitious with it. Now, like you, you, you see the duty of being the, of the artist, of, you know, carrying the music tradition and on to the next generation. Because you know, that's all I find the best hip hop got some blues in it. One, one where I know they want to hear Kendrick, when I hear Childish, some of those guys. There's a certain, now uh, like, granted, that's not blues like you know, John Lee Hooker talking about, you know, uh you know, come on in my kitchen, you know, that, that type. gonna be ready, yeah. but it, it's as it's has a certain flair to it, which i hear but um be, being a part of putting your own implement but also keeping it very bluesy and real and being able to talk about the artists like you know the three kings you know give that history i find that it, uh, it's uh, with the music is a huge responsibility of talking and sharing the story and uh you know just gotta gotta, gotta keep it going
2: absolutely absolutely one of the last uh, questions i wanted to ask you you know i know you said that uh you know, there's some more uh, more stuff that, that's uh, come along the way. When can we expect some, uh, some more music from you? Well,
1: we're actually, man, working on the next batch of songs now. And um uh, don't, don't want to talk too much about it, but it's uh, m- most likely for the... Probably wait for this year. And it's kind of, you know, working out the parts and who, who I want to collaborate with. But uh, definitely a lot of Aiden Waits and a lot of just... Uh, in the same direction, we're not trying to be traditional, but making stuff that you know that uh that the mama and the daughter can dance to,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> so
1: that that kind of there's a guy that was around, he said the blues, you know, it's a lot of sad stuff and it's very real, but it's, it's not just about getting down, but it's also about how you get back up,
0: right?
1: Now you feel now, so I got those songs down home blues, you know, is it that sad stuff, but how it makes you feel? That's kind of always want to keep that with the music, but um you can definitely expect some more original songs. Uh the I have two originals on a uh, Harlem, but just, just uh writing more and just the same same feel good and uh keep keeping the positivity going.
0: Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well King Solomon Hicks, it's been a, a great pleasure speaking with you here on the four forty man. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Oh man, thank you for uh lend it an ear and i'm, I'm looking for it uh to share it and hopefully playing for you some someday out in california yeah and i sent you that uh a uh, fantastic negrito album he, he he did a collaboration with e40 oh wow which was dope yeah man he, well being e40, he's always been around but to see him uh with blues guitarist and singer man uh hmm. i sent send you some stuff
2: Awesome. Awesome. Look forward to that. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell Powell from the 440 Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon and have a good day.